and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Well, the nominations keep pouring in, Amy. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. I mean, we, we kind of figured this was going to be the case. Right. And, well, it is. Here we are. So Here we, we are. got three. We're going to cover them a little bit later. Yeah. But we have three. It's like every week we announce. get two or three more. Yeah, we had, didn't, didn't we, we had three last week. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. At some point, it's going to stop. We can't have three every well, week. Amy, from they'll, here until they'll stop on June the 15th. Oh, nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, the announcements. I mean, we can't. Ha- we, we won't have time in the schedule if we have three every week from now until June. The Committee on Order of Business will be in a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the interesting things because they build in a, an allotted time, you know, right. anticipating two or three nominations, right? Right. Every once in a while, though, you do get four, five, or six. I mean, that's it's happened. Right. We've seen it happen. We saw it last year. We had four presidential candidates. And a few years ago for re- was registration secretary, we had, what, five, six? six? We had six. So, I mean, a six-person nomination block, that that's 25, 30 minutes right there because of the time it takes to go between. And it shouldn't be, but it, but it is. Yeah. The funny thing about that year was that was back when Jim Wells had been the registration secretary for a long time and uh, John Yates, recording secretary for a long time. Every year they would run unopposed. So the Committee on Order of Business would pretty much not set any time. For those two offices, because it just wasn't. Yeah, it was a five minute ordeal because you had one speech, you cast a convention ballot and you move on. Right. So all of a sudden things changed and there were six speeches out of nowhere. And so there had been no time. There was no there were no announcements in Baptist Press because of kind of how that developed quickly. And then um, all of a sudden I can remember sitting on the platform and turning around and looking as the people just kept coming, like there were just seats, folks lined up in seats. And it, it is a bit of a schedule issue, but if they show up, you got to let them nominate. So yep. so if, if you're looking to add time into the schedule, that's one way to do it. <laughs> Nobody be able to stop you. <laughs> so Right. Just keep on bringing the If you're trying to the filibuster so. things, just nominate. Hey, hey, I'm hey, just saying, hey. If you wanted to. If I did it, here's how, you know. It, Just keep nominating folks. 400 nominations. <laughs> oh, that would be just such a nightmare. I, I can't even get into that. All right. Well, hey, let, let's talk about something positive <laughs> instead of a potential disaster that would just train wreck the whole convention. Let's talk about the uh, the preview days over at Texas Baptist College. If you're looking for a Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused undergraduate education, then look no further than Texas Baptist College, located in Fort Worth, Texas. Texas Baptist College is dedicated to providing trustworthy Christian higher education to undergraduate students, no matter where God calls them. And April 8th, you'll have the opportunity to explore everything Texas Baptist College has to offer in its spring preview day. Students and parents are invited to tour the campus, talk to the faculty, explore degree offerings, and meet fellow students. You'll even be able to meet Ben Skog, who's the dean over Texas Baptist College, as well as Adam Greenway, the president at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Spring Preview Day is a free event, so get registered today at texasbaptist.com slash preview. 
That's texasbaptist.com slash preview over on the campus at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's next weekend. So, if Amy, if you're, if you're looking to go back for a graduate degree, you, you need to get registered right now. So just letting you know. I know you want that degree in, in advanced math and accounting. My plate is pretty full. Yep. Yeah, you should, you should do yep. that. Okay. Full plate. Well, I'm sorry. That's, that's, a, that's a shame that you'll have to miss out on that, getting that, that yes. undergraduate degree in math and advanced accounting and stuff. All right. Hey, Amy, we jump into the news <laughs> this week. Speaking of advanced math. Yes, because please. Because these guys need some advanced math here. A Texas Baptist church has commissioned a SpaceX astronaut for an upcoming mission. We got a Southern Baptist going into space, Amy. I got to tell you, I don't think, you know, lots of churches do commissioning services or have moments in their service where they say, we're going to send somebody out. I don't, I doubt anybody else was doing anything like this. Yeah, this, this news is out of this world. All right, we're okay. going to move on from that. Bob Hines. Bob Hines is a member of University Baptist Church in Houston, and he is scheduled to launch into space on April 19th. He will spend 144 days on the International Space Station, and he will be the pilot on the SpaceX Crew 4 mission. Uh, so that's a four t- four person team that will launch out of Cape Canaveral. And so it's coming in a few weeks, but he has to go into a three week quarantine as he prepares for the launch. So this past Sunday was his last Sunday before he went into the quarantine. So the congregation prayed for safety. They also uh, talked about how they would need to take care of his family. He's got three daughters, take care of his wife and, and daughters help during uh, during the time that he's gone, I mean, 144 days, that's a long, that's, that's quite a business trip. <laughs> yeah. so. I wonder if he gets Marriott nights for that and points. So, Oh, but I'm bum. Yes. So uh, now this, it is said, this is not the first astronaut commissioning service for the church because yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, it's in yeah. Houston. So, you know, it's probably it's right over that. there by Johnson space it, center. I think it is actually knowing, I think I've right. been to university Baptist church. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I know where it is. It's kind of that Friendswood, Houston area. Yeah. and yeah. So for them, this probably isn't that strange because they've got people who work at, yeah. you know, who, who work rocket scientists, Literal things rocket like scientists that. in the pews. Right, right. But it's still kind of a big deal. When I read this, I thought, okay, that's uh, we, my Has church, done that. you know, sends people <laughs> out, but we hadn't done that. So yeah. pretty cool. So be in prayer for Bob Hines as he heads into space. That's crazy. Those words have never been uttered on this podcast uh, in, in just a couple of weeks. Amy. We're going to have to keep track of this one. I wonder if we could get him on the podcast from the space station. You should I'm work gonna on try. that. I'm going to try. We'll, we'll see what we could do. I, I mean, what what's NASA going to do? Tell me no. I mean, that's okay. All right. Well, you never know. You never know what you can get when you ask. I mean... You know, you never know what kind of access you'll have. I don't have the networks for that, Jonathan. So I'm going to put that on you. If you, you can just got to fill happen, out some government form, I'm sure. If you so can, if you can make it do. happen, I'll show up for the conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what happens. All right. Hey, news from New England. Baptist Convention of New England has a new name, Amy. They are the Baptist churches of New England now. They really just wanted to find a way to communicate an updated approach to ministry is a very small adjustment. Terry Dorsett said, but feel like they bring clarity that they are an organization of churches. So highlighting that as opposed to 
the word convention, which uh, I, I I won't go all the way into to all the the meanings of of that, but because uh, because I'll just be geeking out, nerding out, explaining all the yeah we don't how, need that yeah how we assemble together and Robert's rules of order, all those things. Uh, but they wanted to, in the way they represent themselves, to say we're a network of churches. And it's pretty convenient. It doesn't change a whole lot in their like marketing logo naming because convention and churches both start with C. So they are still the BCNE. So it's a it 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 gives a little bit of an adjustment, but it's not any, it's not like they have to go, you know, order all new stuff that says the BCNE. Yes. So so yeah, yeah. So a really simple adjustment, like you said there. And you know, good for them. And and we've seen other groups and state conventions do this as well in, in different ways, you know. So just another example of updating your approach to modern ministry. So congratulations to Terry Dorsett and all of our friends up in New England. Amy, now to the aforementioned candidate announcements. We start with second vice president. Alex Sands will be nominated by Josh Powell. Yes. So Alex is from South Carolina. He is senior pastor and founder of Kingdom Life Church in Simpsonville. He was the first African-American to lead the South Carolina Baptist Convention when he served as president in 2021. Um, He's very respected in the state of South Carolina. Josh Powell is the lead pastor of Taylor's First Baptist in Taylor, South Carolina. And so he announced that he will be nominating Alex Sands. Um, so it's a, this is, you know, it's our first, our first announcement for second vice president. And as we've mentioned before, the, the, there's not a lot that is listed. I was going to say, and what are the duties of the second vice president, Amy? Well, the second vice president is available in case if there's a reason that the president can't serve, then the first vice president becomes the president and then the second vice president would become the first vice president. And so it's kind of a line of succession thing. There's that. But also there have been times in during the meeting when the president can't moderate for whatever reason. And so the first or second vice president will step in and participate if needed. There are some mentions in the bylaws about things that the president might do in consultation with the vice president. But pretty much there's not there's not a lot of official responsibility for the second vice president, but that person is always there on hand to help in, in whatever way, uh, in whatever way needed. We, you know, there's a spot, they sit on the platform and then they participate as they're called upon. So that is our nomination for second vice president. And Amy, we have a pair of nominations for recording secretary. We start in Georgia where Javier Chavez was announced by his church as a candidate. That's right. So remember, recording secretary is the position that has been held by John Yates for 25 years. Am I right about that? I think so. Yeah. Since like 97. That's right. And so he has recently announced that he would not be seeking reelection. So it's an open spot. Uh, First time in, uh, you know, like I said, 25 25 years, years, long, first time time. in a generation, Amy. That's right. So we, those announcements dropped this week. So we've at least got two. Javier, as you said, Said he is the pastor of Amistad Christiana Church in Gainesville, Georgia, and the leadership team of Amistad Christiana International. That's their missions arm, and he's the president of that. 
they they release a statement that he would be a candidate for recording secretaries. Pastor Chavez is originally from Peru. He came here as a college student, uh, went to Wheaton, Biola, but then he planted Amistad Cristiana in 2016 and has been there, you know, part of Georgia Baptist since then. He has served in a number of denominational roles. And, you know, he was the candidate last year yeah. for second vice president. Very involved in the convention work over in Georgia, has been on their executive committee. He served on the 2018 SBC Committee on Committees and uh, is also a visiting professor at Truett McConnell and a steering council member with the Conservative Baptist Network. So uh, he's got a lot going on, a lot of involvement in the convention, but he's not the only nominee we heard this week because a day later, Nathan Finn of North Greenville University was announced as a candidate as well. That's right. So Bart Barber, pastor in Texas, announced that he would be nominating Nathan Finn for recording secretaries. That came the very next day. Um, So that makes Nathan the second announced candidate. Um, Nathan has been uh, the provost at North Greenville since 2018. Uh, Before that, he was dean of the School of Theology and Missions and a professor at Union University in Jackson. Before that, he taught history at Southeastern Seminary. Um, And before that, we were all students together um, at Southern Seminary. So I've known Nathan uh, and and Leah for a, a very long time. They are members of Mountain Creek Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. And he has also been very involved in the convention. He has served at the state level in North Carolina when he was here. He also was on the 2021 Committee on Resolutions. So Nathan is uh, well-known a lot for the some Baptist history books that he has written. Yeah. Well, we like talked that. about that. I think we've had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. For so the, the Baptist story, I think, his book that he's got. I think yeah, it's right maybe so. So, uh, so he's really well-known as, uh, really as a Baptist historian. So among, the, yeah. you know, there's a handful in the SBC. Also, he's originally from Georgia. So we got Georgia representing in this, yes. uh, in this race. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and here's a fun fact too, related to the podcast. Our first episode ever, one of the items that we covered on that was Nathan Finn going to Union as the Dean of Theology. 2015 because it happened like that week that that announcement came the end of may 2015 the week we started the podcast our first episode nathan was one of our news items very nice and and amy if if the world ends tomorrow nathan would be one of our last news items okay there you go not that if the the lord comes not that anyone would care at that point but it's a little piece of trivia well we probably have a few listeners left to care <laughs> i'm i'm not touching that one that you just said <laughs> that was a I, joke amy that was a I joke i got You're nothing to, to do with that yeah, i got okay. nothing to do with right, that moving on moving on pastor's conference news <laughs> all right so the pastor's conference will include 12 sermons and a time of prayer and worship before the meeting and then what, and then Matt Hensley has now announced that interspersed among the 12 sermons, there would be six timely messages 
from some faithful men of God. The messages will be a little bit shorter, exegetically faithful, Matt Hensley was was clear to say, but they will cover topics vital to our work as Southern Baptist pastors. And so uh, it will be Adam Greenway, Paul Chitwood, Hans Dilbeck, Bryant Wright, Kevin Ezell, and Daniel Ritchie. Daniel Ritchie, good friend of the pod and uh credible speaker like just yes. just amazing so did you see his joke that he put out the other day that just had me in stitches well it wasn't a joke he was dead serious but it was hilarious um probably not people were talking about the rise of people using handheld mics and daniel said that handheld mics are of the devil that's pretty funny okay so you that there probably needs to be an explanation for that. So Daniel, Daniel has had, no arms, right? He was born with no arms and has an incredible just testimony of his life. He's an amazing, amazing gifted speaker. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. That, it was that's, hilarious. That's pretty hilarious. So, so, yeah. So this will, it, there will also be a time of, of a, a time devoted to prayer and that will be before the conference. So obviously Prayer will be involved throughout the, the time of the pastor's conference, but Robbie Gallaty and the worship team of Long Hollow Church in Hendersonville will lead in a time before the conference, kind of similar to what happened last year, but it's going to be in the main room that will be at the beginning of the pastor's conference. Yeah. So you'll be able to check that out. So whenever you get there, you know, come in get your registration stuff squared away and then go in, join them with the pastor's conference prayer time beforehand with Robbie Gallaty and then, you know, just stick around and enjoy the pastor's conference at night and all day on Monday. So a lot going on. We'll get to the full blown annual meeting preview at the end of May, as we typically do right around Memorial day, but uh, a lot going on and some good news from our pastor's conference. Amy, final note this week, send relief continues its work in Eastern Europe uh, for refugees and those affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Amy, get this. They have now raised more than $5.5 million for relief work in Eastern Europe. So that, that includes work in Poland, in Romania, in Ukraine, Moldova, Hungary. I mean, just all over the place. Uh, their primary efforts are focused in Poland and Romania, since that's where what borders Ukraine and where many of the refugees are coming. That's incredible. And one of the things that, as our staff was meeting the other day, that our uh, director of sending reminded us was just that this is going to be this is a long, this yeah. is a long process, you know. And so it's not like, hey, let's all let's all go because this is the time everyone should go right now and do all of these things there. We've got to dig in because we're looking at a years long humanitarian situation here. And so it's amazing to see all the different teams that are involved in beginning. And I think all of us need to start looking at what we can do, whether that is actually going ourselves. or finding ways to reach out to refugees as, as I mean, as they possibly come here yeah. or just giving financially, just how we can help. So yeah. So continue to be in prayer for those uh, working in and around Ukraine. 
in Poland. I know many of us have people that we know who've gone into Poland to, to maybe help with some of those kind of things. And the IMB continues to, to do its work over there. So a lot going on and really proud of Sin Relief and everything that is done, as well as Southern Baptists across the country who have stepped up and given financially to that. So $5.5 million towards Sin Relief uh, in this time. Uh, just an amazing work for Southern Baptists there. Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy? Blow our minds. All right. A little bit of interesting data from 1950 that was being talked about in Baptist Press. And this report came from Porter Ruth, who was not leading the executive committee at the time. This is when Duke McCall was the executive committee secretary. But Porter Ruth was the secretary of survey and statistics. He was the director of lifeway research. Basically. Yes. There you go. Um, So he put out this study that we reached kind of a tipping point in 1949, 1950, that Southern Baptist churches with preaching every Sunday had increased by 1199 in 1949. And that tipped us over that 13,761 churches um, now at that stage had preaching every Sunday. It was the first time that more than half of our churches had full-time preaching. So think about that. Like we can't even, I mean, think about how we talk about the Sunday experience and the regular, you know, the preaching, the, how important the preaching of the word is that just because of logistics because of the situation, because of rural churches, um, talked about, you know, open country churches, village churches, things, they had to have these halftime preachers or quarter time preachers. This is the, the back in the day of the circuit preaching, um, where, you know, someone would go around and maybe they would be juggling two churches or four churches. And so they would alternate. And this, this is part of our, part of our history. And so, they were they were reporting on all kinds of things. I mean, this is like their version of the ACP. They had the Southern Baptist Convention handbook and would have tabulation. But this was a very specific data point that seemed like we were crossing over. Said that quarter time churches declined from 5,062 to 4,107. And then we also had gained 463 churches to bring our total to 27,285. So pretty crazy to think about. Uh, And then just to recognize how different things were back then. So um, 72 years ago, just like I love to talk about stats and and data and information, uh, we had reached a crucial tipping point among our churches. And it was talked about this week in SBC history. Thanks to Porter Ruth. So Amy, in my hands, I'm holding the Southern Baptist Handbook from 1951. Yes. That, that's mentioned in this. It's fascinating. All those data points that you just listed are in this book, obviously, because it said it would be printed in this book. Yeah, so we had quarter-time, half-time, three-quarter-time, and full-time churches for preaching. And you know how many churches did not report? This is. I think this is my favorite part of this. How many? 21. <gasps> oh, that's our, we're not we're not as good anymore at that. We had 27,000 churches, and we had 21 churches that didn't report in 1951. 21. Had a good good reporting rate, but something... Yeah, that's pretty strong. 
would say. And that's before it was super easy to report. I know. All you have to do is submit it online. Exactly. Yeah. All you got to do is click online and fill out a few boxes. They, I mean, like, just imagine what you had to go through to report in 1950. I mean, everybody you had, like, did covered, it then. Covered wagons and you know, uh, tele, you know, yeah, you I know, think probably uh, a little, you know, a little off uh, there, okay. but all right, <laughs> yeah. So not the 1850s, so, how? Right. So also of interest in this Baptist Press uh, issue was, you know, remember this is when the annual meeting was in May. So lots of annual meeting stuff around this time. Oh, that's right. Uh, on on logistics, they they were offering. So this is when it was in Chicago. First time it was out of the South. So it was in Chicago oh, in yeah, 1950, right. and then in 1951 it was in San Francisco. Um, but they but they had prepared these welcome packets for messengers for messengers and visitors who would be coming to Chicago, but you had to request them. And they made 15,000 and mailed them out to everybody. Yeah, it was a double packet folder printed in silver and blue to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the cooperative program. It had the skyline of Chicago to fit on the outside cover. And then they had a specially printed map of downtown Chicago with the location of all the meeting places, a roadmap of Illinois, um, an enlarged map of greater Chicago, all the information about transportation, letters of welcome from the governor, the mayor of Chicago, and the 600 Southern Baptist churches in Illinois. I'm going to guess that was one letter I'm hoping from that all was of one them. Letter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the convention program, and then a brochure about uh, the challenging opportunities for Southern Baptists in Illinois. So now, you missed a line in there. It just wasn't the challenging opportunities. It was also the romantic history. The romantic growth. history, growth, and challenging opportunities. And all you had to do was send a postcard to the executive secretary of the Illinois Baptist Association and put your name, your home address, and your Chicago address. So I guess where your hotel would be. I don't know. And um, you would get one of the packets for free. So I want to know why... You guys are not doing this with the California. We Post. do that. It's called the Road to Anaheim, and it's <laughs> called the website that we have. It's the same thing. It's so it's, yes. I hey, here's the deal though. I want Nate Adams to send me an updated version of the Romantic History Growth and Challenging Opportunities. I wonder if they have any of the like if they have some as like an artifact. Right. Well, I don't know. So. Meredith Flynn, Eric Reed, Nate Adams, if you're listening, um, you find out one of our friends up in Illinois, Adron Robinson, somebody, find out. And, and see, uh, see a, I, I want an update on the romantic history of Southern Baptist in Illinois. I just want to see a welcome package. Let's see what it looks like. Well, All right. Maybe it's in the archives. We can ask Taffy. Yeah. It sounds like something she would have. Amy, I mean, I, I'm sure that you had your copy of the Southern Baptist Handbook from 1951 sitting nearby, right? Um, well, I'm, we're, we're doing some renovation and building uh-huh. a, a little office for me off, on the back of the house. And so my books are all stacked up. Do in you the have closet. the handbooks? Do you have handbooks? I, don't, I think I maybe have some. I don't know if I have all of them. You Basically, the handbook is the book of reports, folks. And I've yeah. got I've got them from, looks like, 1920s I, to 1960s. Now, here's my question, because I have all the annuals, you know. Same stuff, probably. I was going to say it's the same stuff, because the annual is the book of reports plus yeah. the minutes. I'm, I'm not sure, though, that all of this information is in the old book, old annuals, though. Well, it's Because this is, this is like week by week world events and stuff. Like in this one, it talks about on October 23rd, 
that President Truman was proclaiming Thanksgiving Day and oh. and the Supreme the New Jersey Supreme Court has sustained a 47-year-old law ruling the reading of an, at least five verses of the Old Testament in public schools of the state each day. Oh, wow. Okay. They don't do that anymore in New Jersey. No. Maybe they should. All right. That'll move us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a video that just got posted at the Center for Faith and Culture at Southeastern Seminary. It's of a panel that I got the opportunity to moderate. Oh, um, in is this December. the one with Andrew Peterson? Yeah. So it was a Ooh. panel on art, creativity, and community. And it included Andrew Peterson, Andy Gullihorn, uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, Kira Hinton, who's a graphic artist uh, from Virginia, and Jess Ray. And, uh, and Amy Whitfield. I, well, I, it, I was the moderate. I got to ask the questions. But my goodness, they had such incredible answers. It was a great opportunity. I loved it. And uh, so I was pretty excited because the video came uh, was got posted this week. So I, I cannot I wait to see this. You you yeah. you talked so much about this back then. So I'm really really excited about that. So I'll put the video in the show notes as well. Uh, so do check that out. That that sounds exciting. All right, I'm gonna have to watch that this week. And my resource of the week is the new compensation study that happens every other year, biannually, biannually. I'm not sure how those two words work. They're like interchangeable, but. The 2022 SBC Church Compensation Survey is live. So this is your opportunity to go in, fill out information about your church, about the staffing, about compensation that helps other churches know, hey, when we're hiring this position and this size church and this type of information is available, how much should we pay that person? So it's a compensation survey that helps to lock in, you know, kind of ranges for uh, jobs and compensation for ministers at Southern Baptist churches. So uh, it's a very helpful tool for you as a church when you're hiring. It's also really important that our people take part in it and give the information so they have reliable and accurate information in the database that can be used by the thousands of churches that do use this. So that's the compensation survey over at Guidestone. You can go to guidestone.org slash compensation survey to find out more and possibly looks like win an Amazon gift card. There we go. Very cool. So, Amazon gift cards are good stuff, I think. Yes. I'm, I'm pro Amazon gift cards, by the way. And if anybody wants to send Amazon gift cards to us on the pod, you know, we'll take them. All right. <laughs> That's all I get for that. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that that is it this week. Uh, a good week in the SBC. More candidate announcements. We'll see if we have any more next week. Uh, I kind of wake up, like I said this on the last on podcast last week, I wake up expecting a candidate announcement now uh, because we've had so many over the last few weeks. So uh, if anybody has any candidate announcements, send them my way and we'll get them out in Baptist Press and here on the podcast. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.